Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Welcome back. For the last two weeks, we have been in John chapter 5, looking at Jesus healing the man lame at the pool of Bethesda, and then the reaction of the ruling Jews, the reaction of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, all these folks that were so religious to Jesus doing something like this on the Sabbath. And now we pick up in John chapter 5, verse number 16, and it says, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him. Why? Because he'd done these things on the Sabbath day. It was far more uh, important to them to honor their idea of honoring the Sabbath than it was to actually do good things. Verse 17, But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but he said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now here's, there's a statement that a lot of folks will have issue with, because there are some that say Jesus wasn't God at all, uh, that he never claimed to be God, and yet here very clean, plainly, the Jews understood that when Jesus said, My Father, he made himself equal with God. He called God his Father, meaning he was the Son of God, meaning he was equal to God. Verse 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father rises up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. So Jesus makes it very clear, very plain here. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. God is Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is part of that Trinity. He is the Son who is God. And if you do not honor the Son, you do not honor the Father. He makes it very, very plain and clear here. And so we get down to verse 23, and we come to verse 24, which is our main verse today. This is the verse I really want to focus in on and talk about. John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So he, he makes it very clear here. He says, This is who I am. This is the power I have. And then he makes it very, very clear in verse 24. You hear my word, you believe on him that sent me, you have everlasting life, and you'll never, ever be condemned because you've passed from death to life. This one verse means so much to me personally. It is a bulwark to my faith. I use this verse over and over again 
to remind myself and to tell folks who get saved to never rely on your feelings, but on the Word of God as your confirmation for your salvation. Never rely on your feelings. Just rely on the Word of God. Our feelings change from day to day. You wake up today, you feel great. You wake up tomorrow, you feel horrible. Well, if our feelings are a barometer, if they're an indicator of whether or not we're saved, none of us are saved because our, our feelings change day by day. But the Word of God never changes. And Jesus says, if you hear my word, if you hear my word, if you believe on him that sent me, the, those things guarantee that you will not come into condemnation because you've passed from death to life. Now, as we know from our study, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders. He's talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, whichever body of rulers he spoke to, the message was always the same. God's Son came to give life. God's Word guarantees life. The law works death, but grace works life. And today, if you're not sure that you'll enter to heaven when you die, please listen carefully. Because you don't know, this might be the last chance you have to guarantee eternal life for yourself. And Christian, if you're saved, if you're a child of God and you know it, please be in prayer for those around you who may not have eternal life, that they'll gain it soon. And be encouraged, Christian. Strengthen your resolve. Follow Christ. Never doubt His promises. Let's break this verse down word by word and see what it says to us today. John 5.24 Verily, verily, I say unto thee, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that hath sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this technology that allows us to preach your word all over this world with just the press of a button. Let your word not return unto you void. In Jesus' name, amen. Verily, verily. Now, that's the second time Jesus uses that term in this sermon. And he'll use it 20 more times in John's Gospel, at least 20 more times. I think it's more than 20 times in John's Gospel. He uses that phrase, verily, verily. You know what verily, verily means? It's an old English translation, of course. But what it means is this. Pay attention. Listen up. What I'm about to say is important. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. He that hears my word. So the very first thing Jesus says is, if we're going to talk about what's important... We're going to talk about what is necessary. First and foremost, you need to understand that the Word of God is the foundation upon which you build your faith. If you dis disregard any of the book, your faith is incomplete. Because the Word of God is true from the beginning to the end. If you've ever stayed in a hotel, you've probably seen the little Gideon Bible in the uh, drawer of the desk there or the little end table next to the bed. And in the front of every Gideon Bible, these are the words at the very front, the, the, their introduction. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, 
the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. That's amazing, isn't it? That's what the Bible is. And we have to read it and understand it and, and believe in it because that is the foundation. That is the first leg of the stool that salvation rests upon. Proverbs 20, uh, verse 30, chapter 30, verse 5. Proverbs 35. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Deuteronomy 6.5 And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. The word of God. It's supposed to be a part of our everyday life. When we're sitting down, when we're standing up, when we're at our table, when we're at work, wherever we are, in our house, outside our house, on our hands with what we do, between our eyes with what we see and what we think. Because the Word of God, it cleanses us. Psalm 119.9 Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The word of God shows us the way to go. It gives us direction. Psalm 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is eternal. Psalm 119 verse 89 Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The word of God will guide you and never fail you. It's the only thing we have on this earth that's right all the time. I mean, not everything is right all the time. But it seems like some things are right. Some things seem to be right, but they're not. Hey, look, a broken clock is right twice a day, but it's wrong every other minute of the day. But the Word of God is never wrong. Never wrong. And without the Word of God, salvation is impossible. It's impossible. You cannot be saved without the Word of God. Listen to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So it's by grace that we're saved, and that grace comes through faith. It's nothing that we do. It's no work that we do. So how do we get that faith? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. Part 2. And believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Belief. Belief is the fulcrum of faith. Faith is of the Spirit in you, and belief is that which allows faith in if you don't believe, you'll never have faith. And you don't make yourself have faith. You don't gain, you don't work up faith in you. Faith is a gift from God that is given to you by your belief. Listen to Romans 12, 3. 
For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. God has given each one of us a specific amount of faith. We all get the same amount of faith. Old preacher said one time to a young preacher, you don't need more faith, boy. You need to learn how to use the faith God's given you. We don't need, we pray, give us more faith, more faith, more faith. You have plenty of faith. What did Jesus say? If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, which is the smallest seed, but it grows into the greatest of herbs because it becomes the largest tree in the herb family. If you have great faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be cast in the sea and it will be. Nothing will be impossible to you. You don't need more faith. You need to use the faith that God's given you. And the way you use the faith that God's given you is believe. When you believe, it makes it possible for God to give you the faith needed to receive his grace. And then you have salvation. So what do you have to believe? Well, Jesus has already told us. We have to believe on him that sent him. Believe on him that sent me. We, we have to believe that there is a God. Because without God, there's no salvation. No belief in God, no salvation. And then if you believe that there's a God, you have to believe that he sent Jesus, his son, to die in our stead and to raise from the grave. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so you have to believe. You have to believe that there is a God. You have to believe that God sent his son. You have to believe that his son died on the cross and was raised on the third day. Because if you don't believe in the resurrection, salvation stays at bay. There's, there's no salvation without you believing in the resurrection. You know, the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were both just teaching classes of uh, uh, Jewish rabbis. The difference between them was the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but the Sadducees didn't. That's why they were sad, you see. They didn't believe in the resurrection. There was nothing for them in the afterworld. But we know that there is a resurrection. Some are resurrected to everlasting life, and some are resurrected to everlasting condemnation. So what happens to the person who believes in God, believes in his Son, and his word. Well, listen to what Jesus said in John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So if you believe in God, believe in his Son, believe in his word, you'll have everlasting life. Life that lasts Forever. You see, some folks ask me, do I believe in that once saved, always saved mumbo-jumbo? Absolutely. The reason I believe in it is because Jesus believed in it. He says right here, if you believe, you will not come into condemnation because you've passed from death to life. You can't lose it once you get it. Well, when we get to John chapter 10, you'll see this. Jesus said, once you get into God's hand, once, once the Father puts you into his hand, no man's able to pluck you out of the Father's hand, and that no man includes you. If you believe in God, believe in His Son, believe in His Word, you gain life that lasts forever. And everybody wants that because death is the universal fear of all men. Everybody's afraid to die. Everybody. And death happens to all of us. 
10 out of 10 die. And so I have a question for you. I have a question that the Bible poses in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. A question that no man, no angel, or no devil can answer. And that's this question. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There's no escape hell. There's no escaping hell without salvation. There's no getting out of it. I've heard folks say before, you know, well, when I, when I die, me and the Lord will have a little talk. No, you won't. He's God. He's divine. You're decrepit. He, he's perfect. You're imperfect. He, he's the creator. You're the created. You're not going to bargain with God. You're not going to have a talk with him and convince him to let you into heaven. That's not going to happen. That's hubris for you to think that you could make that happen. God has made a way. He's created a way. Don't be upset because you don't like the way. Be thankful there is a way. And there's a way because of death. Death means we need salvation. And death happens because of sin. The only reason death happens is because of sin. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, that's Adam, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So sin causes death. And there's not a single person listening to the sound of my voice who's not a sinner. Some of you are unrepentant sinners, and some of you are sinners who have been saved by grace, but we're all sinners. We've all come short of the glory of God, come short of God's perfection, come short of His standard. And because of that, death has come upon the entire human race. But Jesus Christ came to abolish death. He came to get rid of it. Romans 5.8, But God commands or commends His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You hear folks all the time say, well, once I get myself together, once I get my act cleaned up, I'll go to church. Now, you can't clean up to go to church. There's no way you can clean up to go to church. And besides doing that, you're saying that Jesus died for good people. There ain't no good people. Pardon my colloquialism, but there ain't no good people. There's no such thing as a good person. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because there are no good people. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you're not in church, if you're not actively worshiping God and learning from God's word in a congregation of believers, and you're not doing it because you think you're just too bad, you need to get into a good Bible-believing church and be around a bunch of other people who are just too bad because everybody in church has fallen. But only through the word of God and through belief in God can you find salvation. And once you find salvation, you should be with people of God so that you can grow in the grace of God. Because the grace of God is what brings eternal life. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So to have everlasting life, you have to know Jesus personally. So the question for you today is, do you? Do you know him personally? I heard a story one time about a man heard a door, a door knock at his house and heard the front door and somebody at the front door, he goes to the door talks to this man and then uh he closes the door goes back to his wife and she says who's that he says well there's this guy at the door and he asked me do i know jesus christ 
And she said, well, what did you say? He says, well, I didn't know what to say. She goes, well, why didn't you tell him that you, you, know, you teach Sunday school and you sit on the missions committee and all that? He goes, but that's not what he asked. He didn't ask what I did in church. He asked if I knew Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus Christ? I, I can assure you this one thing. If you know him, you know you know him. If you have any doubts as to whether or not you know him, you most likely don't know him. 1 John 5.11 And this is the record, that God hath given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life, and that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. These things have been written. The Bible was written so that you might know whether or not you have eternal life. And you have eternal life by believing on the name of the Son of God. A man once asked his Christian friend, Well, you know what? You're living this life for Jesus. What if you die and it turns out there's no heaven? Well, his reply was, Well, then I lived a good life anyway. I was kind to people. I was generous. Uh, folks thought well of me. If I die and there's no God, there's no heaven, then I just lived a good life by being a Christian. Then the man turned to his friend and said, But what if you die and there turns out to really actually be a hell? Have you passed from death unto life? Is Jesus Christ living inside of you? Are you sure you would go to heaven if you died today? If you have any doubts about that, if you have any questions about that, Please, I beg of you, get your Bible, read, reread John chapter 3 sometime, read Romans chapter 10, and then bow your heart before God and ask Him to help you to understand and repent of your sins, turn away from your sins, do a 180 degree turn, and then give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. If you need help about that, please feel free to give us a holler. Go to our website, send us a message there on the website, send us an email at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Please, if I can help you in any way to find faith in Jesus Christ, I would feel honored and blessed and I would be thrilled to help you in any way I could to find faith, saving faith in Jesus Christ. Let us know if we can help you. God bless you. Until next week, this is Field Notes, and I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.